p.m. Tuesday on an all-new Buffy. The show USA Today gives four stars. Do you have any idea what I'm capable of? He's addicted to blood, and there's only one thing for a slayer to do. You've got to kill me. This Thanksgiving, Spike goes cold turkey. I need to get him some blood. Do you want me to kill Anya? No. Welcome to Vampy Cat, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, this weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Never, whoop, Season 7, Episode 9, Never Leave Me. We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about the characters, and we will be talking about the all-knowing council. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Yeah, last night I was podcasting, and then this morning I was podcasting some more. And then just when I thought I was done, I started podcasting again. I've got podcasts coming out of both ends. Hello, hello, welcome back. My name is Kelly. I'm here to talk about Buffy with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And my other co-host, Daniel, say hello. You stole mine. Um... <laughs> because I've got podcasts coming out of both ends, it's too mm-hmm. good not to it's say. It's too good. It's too good. <laughs> um, podcasts are not just about moonbeams and penny whistles, love. It's about self-loathing. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good, obvious one. I didn't take either. But that's why you're a professional because you bring backups. You're ready for try, it with backups. Oh, dark cherry apple. That's why this tastes awful. I thought it was just apple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're here to talk about not Cut terrible that fighters. Out. Uh, we're here to talk about... That's my drink. Never Leave Me, which originally aired on November 26th of the year 2002. Written by Drew Goddard. This is three of five for him. Last was Conversation with Dead People. And next will be Lies My Parents Told Me, episode 17 of the season. Directed by David Solomon, the guy that directs all the episodes. 17 and 19 for him. Last was Selfless. Written by Drew Goddard. And the next will be The Killer and Me, episode 13 this season. So, uh, well, gosh. That, w- that just flew by. Just flew by. Stacia, I'm, I'm already ready for you to tell me what happened in this episode. Wow. Can you believe it? Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> it, it happens every time? Because that's yeah. the format of the podcast? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Break the I format. Break the mold, Stacia. Just don't do it. I'm <laughs> on strike. Abstain. Yeah. Um, this is a plotter's strike. I'm sorry. <laughs> a plotter's strike. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dawn is doing the math we're all doing. If Spike is killing people, why hasn't Buffy slayed him yet? Anya, who was stabbed through the chest, seems particularly bitter about Buffy's <laughs> reticence to stab Spike through the chest. Andrew, dressed like a discount Neo, complains to the first that he doesn't want to kill any more people, which really underlines how the first is just, like, really annoying ghosts because the first can't do it itself. Truly the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Principal Wood is doing the least when it comes to principaling. He'll just call the cops if you break the rules the little teen delinquents agree to paint over there to gra- graffiti or whatever <laughs> and Don interrupts to describe Buffy's em- <laughs> to describe to Buffy's employer graphically how Buffy is barfing and shitting so violently she can't make it into work <laughs> let's cut to the council in case you were hoping the council would finally live up to any potential and help to defeat the first well don't hold your breath <laughs> meanwhile Spike is tied to a spindly wooden chair he appears to be going through a detox from not drinking human blood which I guess is new Buffy lore yeah Willow agrees to go out and get some animal blood, which 
is lucky because after Andrew fails to murder an adorable piglet, he also goes out to get lots of animal blood and bumps into Willow in a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> Andrew and Willow try to intimidate each other in an alley before Willow, Andrew, naps Andrew and brings him back to the summer's residence. <laughs> Takes the entire trip for Andrew to realize that Willow isn't evil anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Xander and Anya tie Andrew up to a much sturdier chair. Andrew tries to tell them an obviously bogus story about falling in love with a woman, and then Anya <laughs> slaps Andrew and they leave the room to let him stew. Spike drinks his fill of animal blood and does a whole, woe is me, I'm evil and you should kill me song and dance. Buffy goes to check on Andrew and his interrogators before walking back out into the hallway where she can hear Spike talking to himself. He acts a bit off before breaking the chair he's tied to, who saw that one coming, <laughs> and bursting through the literal wall to grab Andrew and begin drinking his blood. Buffy subdues Spike and chains him down in the basement, making everyone watching wonder why if they had manacles in the basement, they didn't use those to begin with. <laughs> Xander now ex Xander explains using his nerd knowledge that the first has been triggering Spike to make him into a murder machine. Buffy is now finally ready to investigate the big bad of the season, even though they've been getting warnings something's coming from the beginning. Buffy goes down to the basement to tenderly wipe Andrew's blood from Spike's face while he tries to shock Buffy into killing him. Buffy refuses and then is promptly hit in the face by a robed man with no eyes. Oh no, a harbinger. They descend on the Summer's house. Don't worry, the Scooby gang is fine. The harbingers were only there to vampire nap Spike. Meanwhile, Principal Wood is now doing the most as a principal by finding Finding Jonathan's body in the basement and going out into the California desert to bury it. We're back at the council where we learn lots of operatives have been murdered. That's really a blow to their forces. Then a bigger blow comes in the form of a bomb blowing up the entire council. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> The Harbingers bring Spike back to the school basement, which has been conveniently cleaned by the principal, and string Spike up on a giant pentagram. The first laughs and taunts Spike while the Harbingers cut symbols into Spike's chest, and he's raised into the air so his blood can drip on the same sigil Jonathan died on. This time, the sigil activates and opens, revealing the master? Wait, no, it's just an ugly <laughs> AF uber vamp. There we go. The episode. Well done. Well done. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Would you like to know some fun facts? I would oh, love to. Thank God. Okay, continuing our trigger plot line, the title of this episode is taken from the lyrics of everyone's new favorite jam, Early One Morning. Ahem. Early One Morning, just as the sun was rising. I heard a maid sing in the valley below. Oh, don't deceive me. Oh, never leave me. How could you oh. use a poor maiden so? Nice, nice. There you go. That's a fun fact. Oh, never leave me. That is a fun fact. Here's an even funner one. The brown embroidered top that Buffy wears in this episode was designed by, created by, fashioned by, I don't know the right, what would you say, produced by, designed by? It depends on if she designed it or if she sewed it. Ooh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Well, it was it was Nanette Lapore. Are you familiar with Nanette Lapore? <laughs> no, I am not, no. No one is. Uh, wow. Quentin Travers is reassuring <laughs> words okay, to Lydia. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Travers is oh my god Quentin Travers Quentin Travers's reassuring words to Lydia we are still masters of our fate we are still captains of our souls are from William er Ernest Henley's poem Invictus if you are unfamiliar here's a reading of it out of the night that covers me black as the pit from pole to pole I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul in the fell clutch of circumstance I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeons of chance my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. Timothy McVeigh 
better known as the Oklahoma City Bomber, chose the poem Invictus as his final statement before being executed on June 11, 2001. Gotta wonder if Drew Goddard was aware of that little factoid, given that Quinton says it shortly before a bomb destroys the council building. Mm. Ugh, g- 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 I mean, there was a went- movie, Invictus, that was about Nelson Mandela. So right. I'm sure more people, not just Timothy McVeigh, oh. right? Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Assuredly. But... A little weird. A little weird on weird that stuff, blowing yeah. up. That is yeah. Weird. Speaking of Drew, via a post on a Buffy forum shortly after this episode aired, he revealed that he had wanted to go full hardcore crucifixion with Spike at the end of this episode and literally nail him to that cross rig thing. But the WB higher ups weren't super keen on that idea, so the nails were swapped for leather straps. Boo. Yeah, that would have been uh, uh, an image for sure. Mm-hmm. It's time for some trivia. Oh, wow. you mean triva? Oh, yeah, I spelled trivia wrong. There's only so many letters in it. I forgot one of the I's. There we go. Now it's officially trivia time. Only one question, but it's a multi-parter. Okay, Camden Toy. He's back again. This time, he assumes the role of the Turok Han that we see only briefly at the end of this episode. Of course, we're already familiar with Camden. He's played two other creatures on the show before. Can you name the previous Buffy monsters that Mr. Toy has played and or the episodes that he appeared in? Either of you just go for it. Just yell it out if you know it. No ideas. I put my hand up. That... Oh, you did? Okay, well, I didn't see it because you didn't. Oh, you did. I'm lowering your hand, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> is it the one that attacked Willow? The one that could get them when they're, when you know, they couldn't see him at the beginning of the season? The Gnarl, yes. That is the one. Gnarl. Absolutely. In this season. Do you remember the name of the episode? Oh, God, whatever the first episode was. Same time, same place. Same time. Yeah, All right, one and one. One and one. Okay. Nice. What is the other episode? I was going to guess the one where Giles set up that demon with his wife, and the demon came and did, like, a chant. Oh, you, sh- you shall not call on me again, Rupert Giles. Mm-hmm. No, it is not that one. Okay, I don't know then. Dang, I don't, I could, guess I don't the other think one. I could guess. Was it The Master? No, season four, Mark Metcalf plays The Master. So the one is season, season four? is what the, the episode is season four. Okay. Um, it's a bit. It's a pretty Adam? obvious one. Adam. No. no. Jesus. I don't even remember what. So Camden Toy is like a pretty big creature guy. Not as big as the other one who features in that episode. Um, but oh, he's a gentleman. He is a gentleman uh, from course. the episode. Hush. They all right. So you guys are tied. Great job. Great. Triviaing job. Good thing I devised a tiebreaker oh, for the shit. extra super fan bonus. Oh, God. <laughs> what is this podcast? Camden Toy returns to the Buffyverse for a final time as the Prince of Lies in which season five episode of Angel? The one with the puppets. Why We Fight. Incorrect. It is Why We Fight. The Absolutely. The only one episode I could 13, possibly have named. The only one. <laughs> the only one. Damn it. <laughs> Because it's the only one I remember the name of. That in Room with a View. Or, or Are You Now or Ever, Have You Ever. No, I can't you always get that one. wrong. So you don't actually yeah. know that one. <laughs> are You Now or Have You Ever Been. Are You Now or Have You. And then Smile smile Time. Sorry, smile I'm time, you so aggressively. Right. Smile Time is the puppet episode. That's right, that's so there you go. Smile Time. Well, great job. Let's have Smile Time. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Stacia, are you ready? Yeah, I am. What did you think about this episode? Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode is so weird because it feels like a lot of people posturing and then like nothing happens. I agree. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a unsatisfying yeah. episode. It's also like just... Yeah, it's like we're waiting for something. Like Buffy's waiting. Mm. We're waiting for Andrew to reveal something. We're just like hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, what did you think about this episode? Uh, after last week's debacle, it was nice to laugh again. I I enjoyed that aspect of this. I laughed hard at lots of places. This was just so much more better written than the last one. Um, so comparing it to that is hard because like this is a breath of fresh air. I just I loved watching this way more. But there's no denying that like outside of the conversations between Buffy and Spike, which was great and gold, and they were really great in those. It, we are treading through ground that we've already done before. And it is one of those like set piece episodes. Like we needed to get Andrew in this fucking show again. Like we're going to pursue that. We know that they do that, but it was, it was neat to see him. And like, that was cool. And it's very funny. And you know, everything with Willow, it's like, there was a lot of tension there that they could have, like, the whole episode could have just been about that. And it's nice that it wasn't in a way. So, um, but yeah, at the end it loses points just cause fuck, fuck the council. That shit was stupid. Um, although they got blown up pretty <laughs> funny, but I think it's still ambiguous where it's like as me as a viewer, I'm like, I hate the council and he yeah, adds an explosion, but it's like, I know that Giles is out there. I know that they're going to be back and it's just, I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those type of episodes. Does the humor outweigh that nothing happened? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. After a laughless Jane episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Andrew is a comedy character. Mm-hmm. You, you get to write jokes for him. So that, that's really nice. But yeah, I, I totally agree that it was kind of like, I, not every episode of TV needs to have a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, I'm, even though that's kind of the the jazz or the jazz, I don't know. The procedurals kind of do that format anyway, you know, because it's like a uh, yeah. complete little package of an episode because it's supposed to be Monster of the Week, right? Buffy doesn't necessarily need to be beholden to that, and often shows that don't do that are more entertaining. But yeah. I don't. I'm just unsatisfied. Like, yeah, we're treading water, the, treading the same ground. Yeah, we did stuff, but like nothing. It doesn't feel like anything happened. So. It's a weird one for that because it's like the council blows up. That should be a huge thing. What well, also should, like nothing? but it's not because I'm glad. I, I don't know how much we're going to get in the council, but God, seeing them, I was like, oh, no, this is initiative part two. Like we're getting ramping mm-hmm. up the big bad. I love that they have the same actors. I really do. It's really yes. fun to see them. That is a huge plus good job production team who's making the fucking show. And Drew Goddard, you did a great job writing a ton of references. Clearly, you love the show and you went out of your way to do all these things. But it's just those things suck they've always yeah. sucked agreed i mean it feels like a hasty way to tie up what maybe the um people doing buffy thought of as a loose end like if the world's going to end because the first and they're activating all these potentials the council's going to be involved but like the council hasn't been mentioned in seasons i'm not even thinking about the council so to bring them up and then immediately kill them feels like why do we go there I think you're probably right, right? Like, like I don't, we don't want to write about them anymore, but we should. Yeah. We're kind of obligated, especially like Drew Goddard. Like, it makes sense that he we would throw that in there because, yeah, why wouldn't you? It also is like the same angel question, right? Like, we have meta reasons mm-hmm. why that can't happen, but like, if the whole fucking world's ending, this is the ultimate battle between good and evil. Right? Get Angel on the team, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get Angel. We, real we quick. should have been w- looking into Wolfram and Hart this whole time. What? What about these yeah. guys over here in this world? Yeah, it's just like Somebody. it doesn't make sense. I mean, in calling Giles, great call. I mean, obviously phones don't work, so it's like the two of them were just having uh, dueling hallucinations because clearly they were not talking to each other. <laughs> Telephones aren't real. But you got to think that she's got to call Angel. Maybe she was talking to Angel on the phone the whole time, and he's like, I'm on a different show, 
And the other guy, the council guy, is like, <laughs> these are what people talk sound like when they talk on the telephone. It's kind of a joke that he does for the council because they don't really have phones. So he's, he's just, just talking. miming it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then they stitch it together and it's like they're having two separate conversations. They're not even talking to each other. <laughs> but you think that, yeah, you would call Angel for sure. But WTF. So you both are, are right. We never actually explore this. And I'm definitely a Buffy apologist when it comes to. I read into the potential of a character or a situation or whatever because in my head I've made it up into this thing because the show kind of wants you to have made it up into this thing. Clearly yeah. this is an example of that. Like I said, like, whoa, here it is. Oh, God, we're supposed to care. It all exploded. This all matters a lot. But, like, what the fuck have they been up to? Now, the last time we saw them, obviously Quentin and his little cadre of, of watchers, including Lydia, which I totally appreciated that they got the same actress, and that one guy for his one line in this episode. I know, I know. He was there. Know. Incredible. It was great. Um, so what do we think that they do? Now, in <laughs> Checkpoint, when they came back, uh, we talked about what's sponsoring them. Like, how? what are they embedded into? How could they possibly hold Giles's green card hostage? What the fuck are they doing? So, Stacia... Quentin's like, you know, let's get the assets. Let's you know, talk about the operatives. Well, no, our database. Oh, they, they've gotten into it. Like... Can you give me your best headcanon? Because clearly the text does not provide. What the fuck does the council do? How do they have money? What are their operatives? I have truly no idea. I do kind of wonder, because the show has kind of hinted that, you know, there are people, like normies, quote unquote normies, that exist that understand that there's like a supernatural world. And like maybe the council, aside from like doing their duty with the Slayer, which takes one person, um... They're just, like, retrieving magical artifacts for rich people. <laughs> or, like, Probably. fighting off poltergeist in mansions where people have murdered a bunch of servants or whatever. Like, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> okay. So just, like, sort of, like, um, mercenaries for hire for the supernatural for rich people. Because they have a lot of money and resources. And how would they have that without financial backing? Okay, so do you think that they're, like, part mystical art dealers, for lack of a better term? Like, they're, like yeah, 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 yeah. And then also... Will ghost bust if you need if you need <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably true. Jada, that, what, what do you what do you think they're up to? <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, honestly, it's like it would explain why the magic box was such an easy fit for Giles. How did he get all this inventory? Like he definitely has. <laughs> We've seen them spring into action with faith. I mean, they have a police yeah. type force. They're not very They're good. wet works, right? That's a whole other aspect. Right. They have this like black whatever black ops mm-hmm. situation. They're incompetent. But they suck. Yeah. yeah, they're incompetent, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's okay. You're allowed to be incompetent. <laughs> Um, but I like the idea that like who is paying for this because it, it is bizarre. I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of the green card thing because that's that's involving too much the show can't handle because we can't really do that. But like I like that idea of like there is enough like mystical type of lore in the world and yeah, there's probably rich people and I mean ghost hunter shows are real, right? I mean there's probably <laughs> some type of a business where it's like you could go in and because they know there is an element of, of truth to some of this stuff, they could even plant fake evidence, right? It's like the, all those fun stories about vampires in New Orleans or whatever, and they'll walk in and be like, well, nothing really happened here, but let's put a fucking fang, right? I mean, they could just do that and then be like, here, give us a million dollars. I mean, you could Yeah, you could to do drum it. up business or to extort or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Totally, because they don't seem to care about like informing the public, really, or keeping anybody safe. Like, none of that mm-hmm. stuff matters to them. I honestly don't know what they're doing. I mean, the end was just so funny when they were just like, 
all of our operations are done. Like Munich, Switzerland, <laughs> Melbourne, like everything's gone. Like they said, yeah, what is it? Uh, they said, sir, we are crippled. And I just yep. laughed and laughed. It's like, <laughs> you can't be crippled. Like you are already crippled. You started out crippled. Like there's no, it's so funny to me. This is just, and then blowing up was a good touch. So uh, now a question for me, does the council come back or is this the end? No. Uh, that's okay. hilarious. So that actually makes me so happy. So I guess if I finish the season as a normal watcher who hates the council, I I would like this a lot more retroactively. <laughs> but I didn't realize that they're done. So that is genuinely funny. I love that actually. They so. they are still around in the comics. Like they, I don't remember how it comes. Well, because clearly they they have operations all over the world, right? Munich, Melbourne, whatever the fuck, right? Like they they supposedly have. Whatever it is they do all over the world. Council has all the known toxins on file, mystical or otherwise. I'll contact them immediately. Thanks. Yeah, the show never goes into it. I feel like if we had gotten maybe another season, mm. maybe they would have delved into that. I mean, it might be somewhat interesting. Okay. Or well, rather, I would let's do alternate season four. Let's talk about the fucking council and just not do the initiative because, like, it's so much more relevant to Buffy, to our story, our world, to have gone into the council. But we didn't do it, and it, that was too late. Yeah. So the, co- the comic notwithstanding, this is it. This is the end of the council as we know it. That's great. So Genuinely weird shit. Funny. Genuinely funny. Weird shit. Quentin does say specifically that Giles is a lapsed employee. Mm. So he's not getting paid anymore? Because the last thing we heard was Giles is to be paid full salary retroactively from the date he was fired. Stacia. I guess he quit. He quit? When did he quit off screen? When he was? I mean, like, Quentin kind of says ever since he left Sunnydale, mm-hmm. he's kind of I been mean, off what the is radar. he doing? He's, like, in a farm. Hanging yeah. out with Miss He Horsmith. was helping a murderous rampage witch with her recovery. You want to talk about doing nothing? This is a group of people doing nothing. <laughs> Ron this Weasley's dad. Ron Weasley's Look, dad isn't paper. doing anything. <laughs> is they that Ron Weasley's paper. dad for real? No, but it looks like oh, it. But it, it looks, looks like, like it. <laughs> it could be for all we know. I know. Muggles. How many people younger. are even in England? Like 200? Yeah, basically. And they're all ready. That's why they don't need phones. <laughs> oh, they got a sweet iMac back there, though. Maybe that was the oh, whole shit, database. They, do. <laughs> they got to that one one computer, and that was it. Server destroyed. Uh, so, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry. That was Daniel wasn't ready for that. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, do, <laughs> I do wonder, uh, why do they hate Buffy so much? Like, I, clearly they have <laughs> other resources, international, multiple, vast resources. Right. But, like, they know about the first, obviously, right? They're saying, like, the first is making the moves. We got to retaliate. They were, he was literally just, we know how hard it is to get a phone call to England. It's, he was just on the phone with Buffy. He could have said Anything, anything, given her anything, and purposely didn't, and mocked her basically to the group yeah. for not knowing. Know. Why do they hate her, Daniel? Because she is the Slayer. She embarrassed him one time. If we know one thing about the British, they don't take slights well, and they carry a grudge for 200, 300 plus years. So he's never. I mean, he to his dying breath, he, he the last thought he had was about Buffy. Yeah. And how he's God like, damn her. her. This is all her, her fault. Yep. <laughs> They're coming here now? What? Why do they have to come here? Yeah, don't they have phones? Hello, Buffy. Here's some stuff we know. Pip, pip. Yeah, phones. See, I'd like them on phone. I get it. Slayer's supposed to be a tool. And in Quentin's mind, and probably, you know, the entire organization, maybe sans Giles because he actually cares about Buffy as a person. Right. The Slayer's supposed to be a tool. 
And if she's not cooperating, she's not a useful tool, right? But again, we're fighting the fight of all fights. This is supposed to be the end. This is literal good versus literal embodiment of evil, right? Like, Buffy needs to be on the team. Yet you're calling in these fake-ass operatives. Call in the OG, the one who is the one. The reason why these people made a weapon 2,000 years ago and infected a girl with demon blood. It's right now. It's this moment, guy. And you're not gonna call her in you're not gonna call her in why why stacia um because she's not a good soldier but she will fight the bad guys yeah but she's not controllable she'll do what she wants and what she thinks is right okay but if your objective is to stop the first and buffy would want to stop the first even if you don't get along and she does it her own way isn't it better to have her on your side? I don't know. Buffy doesn't call Angel. We can't explain these things. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. I think it is questionable. I think a better show could actually put the stakes a little bit, I mean, like that, because they would have their own motives and stuff. They obviously have the same goal in mind. But you're, she's totally, you say she, you're totally right. It's like, she's not a good soldier. She would not be controllable. And when it's over, they do not have a good track record of controlling the Slayers in any way. I mean, they did take Faith to prison. They got her there eventually. But that was more her mm. own guilt and Buffy and external forces. And they're going to misconstrue that as their own power. But they must know deep down that they can't stop her in any real way. So what would they do if they had to fight the Slayer? I mean, that would be an interesting thing for a show to explore if you wanted to do that, because essentially you could have a world where Buffy becomes their enemy because, you know, she has a different outlook than they have because they would be doing nefarious, dumb bullshit and she wouldn't want to do it. But I never really go that route. So I will never, we'll never know. But I mean, I forgot all about Faith. I mean, we get Faith by the end of the season, so it's kind right. of a moot point, but like, yeah, call Faith, get her out of prison. If you guys oh, are this powerful, come on, come on. Wow. Faith is not reliable. Oh, absolutely not. But it's like still uh, the the scheme of things. And Faith is a little reformed. She would fight. They don't know that. And I know she's way more of a risk. But like they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. But okay. they wouldn't so fight back to, for the council. All their though. operatives are dead. That's true. Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. But they also wouldn't. Faith, Faith wouldn't fight for them. I mean, she might help in the moment, right, to beat the first. But we still have the same problem at the end, right? If there's like yeah. a new world order that Travers wants to start. Buffy is going to stand in opposition to that. And I'm sure he would learn that Faith is probably not really on their side either. So it's like, now you have two fucking problems. And they're weak as shit, as we've learned. It's like, they have nothing to go on, except getting blown up, which is the best option for everyone involved. (laughs) So do you think the operatives that Quentin is is talking about, these these operatives, um, are the potentials? Or... Or is it more broad than that? Do you think it's part of the ghost-busting business? Like the ghost-busting curating mm-hmm. business is what the Miba operatives gotcha. Maybe, the, do you think potentials are rolled into that? Or is he not factoring them in at all? I don't think they count. You don't think so? I, I mean, it seems weird because you get sort of two views of like a potential's life. One is Buffy, who's completely oblivious until she's called. But the other is Kendra, where... Yeah. She is like from birth. They know she's going to be. Yeah. Well, or that she at least has the potential to be. Mm -hmm. And she's trained to be a soldier from that point on. So I don't know if the council is actually searching out potentials and training them and just misses some or only chooses specific ones. That's a good point, too. A big gap in the mythology. Like, why are some. But like we know yeah. destiny wise, you're gonna get called or you have the potential to get called. So we're gonna go ahead and preemptively train you so that you're ready if you do get mm-hmm. called. And then Buffy, we just dropped the ball. Like we never cared. We were never gonna try with you. 
so weird. Well, that Why? is so. Is that really what it is? So like they they know who potentially could be the Slayer. Like it's not they would totally have to. random. Yeah, because Buffy. I mean, I always just figured that when somebody dies, it's like you know the Dalai Lama just like goes to someone else. And I mean, there's like a right. mixture. So of, before. I don't know. Before Kendra's introduced, and even after yeah. she's introduced, we kind of go. It, it's implied that it is that way. It's like the Slayer gets called, and then somebody will show up. That's how they showed it, you know, yeah. in the show. Yeah. That's you know, what's his name? Fucking the oh God. What is her first watcher's name? It doesn't matter. The little guy that shows up <laughs> in Graduation Day Part One, um, not Whistler, the actual watcher guy. Yeah. Uh, he's like Buffy Summers, and then you know, come with me or whatever. So. Nobody knew until the, he tracked her down, and that Buffy was the one who was the one. But then clearly, they do know sometimes know, because how weird. was Kendra trained if nobody knew? So, and, but then Faith—it seems like the same way too. Faith was just being a loser in Boston, and then one day, you know, her Roger showed up and then got killed, and then, you know, why yeah. do we know sometimes so, and like, not others? So, is it? I mean, is it something where like they're already born strong, but they just don't know how to harness it, or it's like literally as the no. one dies, Buffy could be lifting yeah. up a stack of books, and then death, and now she's super strength, and she could just kill her, yep. hurt herself with her super strength power that she didn't know she. So that's really how it is. She just auto, yeah. just the, the strength just goes into them. That's weird. Yeah, they explain that, Bizarre. or they show that in the very last episode in Chosen. Yeah, the when they all start so activating. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's weird to think about you're like holding glass and you go to set it down, and in that moment <laughs> you crash yeah. through the table, yeah. gain the strength of ten men, and you just like slam your hand <laughs> through the table, and yeah. everyone thinks you're really dramatic. <laughs> There's yeah, a so lot I, that could go wrong with that. Yeah, so you could kill somebody by accident. Yeah. And I think we do talk about it maybe a little bit in the comics, too. Or at least we get some Slayer backstories of, like, the moment they're called and how, like, you know, yeah. ridiculous shit happens. Like that, that is how I thought it was. But I guess it's just weird that – I mean, it's cool that there would be people out in the world like Kendra who are fighting demons and people are being proactive about this shit. Like, that's cool. But yeah. how would you even know – how would you even be able to gauge, like, yeah, it would be nice to get everybody fighting demons because anyone could potentially be the Slayer I, if you're a girl, right? But it's like mm. – you can't do that with everybody. So the chances are large that the person who becomes a slayer is not going to be being the one being trained. Right. Mm-hmm. But then how would you, even, how would you even start a potential list? I that mean, it'd be, be everyone. That's the thing. You would have to get like a Cortelia type seer of some kind or like mm. an, an angel. They have, you know, the powers yeah. to be all that kind of shit. I guess You'd have fair. to have somebody on the inside, that's the mystical fair. inside to be like, you know, there's a chance that these girls from these places will be the slayer. So that's why you call them in. It's just like, why is it not applied equally? But maybe, maybe it's simple as that. Sometimes you don't get it right. Powers to be don't always get it right. That's they missed true. Buffy, but they found Kendra and maybe that's all it is. But you know what? You know who's ever going to answer that? This show. <laughs> so we don't even need to talk about it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Man. Oh, shit, the council. Anyway, any other thoughts on the council? R.I.P. R.I.P. LOL. (laughs) They got blowed up real good. Okay. You think this is a game, Junior? People are dying. Friends' lives are in danger. Uh, Hey, Anya. And now you want to waste my time with deceptions? Not on my watch. Hey, Anya. So, the first says, I would do this stuff if I could as... Warren or possibly Jonathan, I can't remember at this point. I'm curious what your thoughts are on why the first chooses Andrew to manipulate into opening the seal of Danzelthar or why Spike? Because to me, it's like 
pick anyone outside of Buffy's life, literally anyone else, and you'll be better off. Because it seems to me like random person on the street would be way easier to manipulate than somebody who's potentially protected by the Slayer going to gum up your works. So, say, why pick Andrew? Why would Andrew be protected by the Slayer? He knows her. No, Andrew's <laughs> a good one. Spike would be a weird one. Andrew's so susceptible. I think it would be easy for the first to manipulate him. Okay, fair enough. But then why Spike? Because he's last already minute... kind of crazy. Yeah, but Damn. still, he's, I don't know. He Because this first, as Buffy at the end says, I was going to bleed Andrew, but you look better with your shirt off, whatever. What? I don't know. It just seems seems like a weird pick. It seems what? like a weird pick to I'm have sorry? Spike. He's strong. He can fight you. I mean, he fails. Yeah. I don't have a point. Maybe that's why you pick Spike. He's strong. I mean, I mean even... he is a vampire. They're clear. The yep. first is clearly having him make other vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first even true. alluded to like enough of the subtleties, right? I mean, they again, the first mm-hmm. could also just be like, "I'm having fun." Like it's it's kind of fun <laughs> to fuck with you, Spike, and you're so close to the Slayer, and I know that Buffy won't kill you unless you really push it too far. And God, I've pushed you so far, and she still isn't fucking killing you. So like. Fuck this. I'm never going to get you to fucking just do it without having the blood mm-hmm. sacrifice. So if you're not going to do that, then fuck it. Now I'm mad at you, so I'm going to tie you up and introduce this goblin to you. Here you go. That's a good point. Yeah, if the first true goal was to kill Spike or get Spike out of the picture, mm. I mean, this qualifies, right? If you're going to bleed him to, to, he has to die. A thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, but it's just the fucking I just, with, which I think is fine. And that kind of like the first episode would allude to that, which is... That they're they are kind of fucking with Spike, right? I mean, yeah, for whatever for sure. reason. And and again, I think we've talked about it here. I mean, as as a viewer, as me, I would be a bit confused, but I would just think it has to do with him being newly ensouled, him being a very very bad person, which they do talk about a lot in this episode. So because he has all those demons, and he just got his soul back, it's like it's almost like you know the the bell is ringing, and the first can almost seek some somebody like that out and be like, this man mm-hmm. is weak. Andrew is just a weak person in general. Like he was, he's easy enough, sure. but like this guy right here, wow, this is something new. This doesn't happen every day. A new soul. Let me let me fuck with this. I don't know. And maybe people in Buffy's orbit are even the better choice, right? Because they're mystically aligned and touch whatever they wouldn't maybe necessarily question a dead person coming back and talking to them whereas like a normie might be like what the fuck this is not okay mm-hmm. so yeah, okay all right i see that. i guess i was most, most caught up by the fact that the seal seems to open regardless of the blood right human vampire animal doesn't seem to matter so it just seems like why give up you're so close just get a fucking another pig or something in there man you were so close why did it not seems work like a lot of work to get jonathan spent. I don't have enough blood, MacGuffin reasons. There's oh, absolutely that wasn't no wasn't a joke. That was real. I should have told someone. I, I was guess. Anemic. Oh nope, that's a pass. I for guess me. because otherwise, why didn't it fucking work? Got to bring down some points for that. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else reason. I mean, station unless there's something. Did you pick up on? Yeah, no. I don't think there's a reason. Oh, so that's a little. Yeah, a little not great. I'm little. I don't have as much blood as other people. Okay, Anya aptly points out, as you picked up on. Shouldn't we stab him in the chest? Isn't that what we do? <laughs> uh, I mean, I I gotta say, I really do like Spike revealing. You know, we said William the Bloody maybe more times in this episode than any episode ever. Um, but I like him trying to be like, do you know what I did to girls Dawn's age? Do you know like you, how to damage a girl just enough? Like all those things are really dark because Spike we've only known as a pretty incompetent villain mm-hmm. and mostly comic relief, right? So for him to be like, no, I'm 
I'm fucking scary. Like, we saw Angel be scary. Mm-hmm. He, Angel has killed fucking Jenny, snapped her neck mm-hmm. like it was nothing. Oh, you know, yeah. We've seen him be the bad guy, a torturing, terrible person, vampire, whatever. Uh, Spike has been mostly tales of his glory from the past or, yeah. you know, empty threats, really, because he's never made good on anything that he's, he's said he was going to. Yeah. So I thought it was nice to, to give him a little bit of, like, teeth. Like, no, I, I did those things. Like, couldn't nobody else here, whatever he says, like, couldn't be anybody else, whatever. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, Stacia, can we kill Spike now? <laughs> <laughs> Finally. This is a question I feel like I'm asking every episode. Is it okay is to it kill time? Spike is now? <laughs> I mean, maybe Buffy knew that Spike needed to wear that necklace and save everyone in the end, and that's why she refrains, but honestly, it really does seem like maybe she should just kill Spike now. Now is the time. The man, this is like the 60th time he's asked to kill me. Please kill me. And she just won't do it. Come on. Daniel, why don't we kill Spike now? Finally. I mean, this is. He signed up and everything. This is the most explicit. You're right about that. I was thinking about like Fool for Love when it was going on because you make a good point, which is like he, even in that, he's sort of telling the story of his life, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just. You got to remember, it's him telling it, and we, we we get to see it, right? We get to see some of the bad stuff that Spike has done, but in a way, it is couched in his language, where he's just kind of like, he's just kind of a sad boy. And you're right, totally incompetent, and was the the comic relief for the most part. And yeah, it's it doesn't get more explicit than kill me, kill me right now. You 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 saw what I did. That is what I did. And the dawn thing mm-hmm. that was chilling. That was really really good. Yeah. And I thought he was going to break free from this uh, to start too, because. That whole scene was was excellent. But in terms of killing him, yeah, I mean, I think, like, the logical thing is to kill him unless she knew about the the future. But I, you also got to believe that she really believes what she's saying, that I saw you change and you're a good man and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I think – I don't know how much I agree with that kind of stuff, but, like, you got to believe Buffy, right? I mean, that's, that is what she thinks or does she think that? I don't know, but – yeah, well, I, I'm curious. What do you think Buffy really thinks he changed? What What is she basing that on? Like, why does she believe in him now? I mean, I do wonder how much weight having a soul has for Buffy. Like, if this was happening pre-Spike getting his soul and he just had a chip, if she would be hesitating like this. I Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think she really appreciated what he did for Don. Like, he almost died for Don. And he was going to, and he was never going to say a word and never turn her in. And, like, I think of all the things that Spike's done, that was, like, the most obvious self-sacrificing, like, heroic thing so far that that he's done for Buffy. Um, you know, he'll go on to literally kill himself for, for Buffy for the world. Right. But it, I... And he didn't have a soul then, right? Yeah. But he also hadn't killed a bunch of people well, <laughs> recently. But, but he is <laughs> under a spell in a way. I mean, now that mm-hmm. a lot of that's been confirmed, right? So, I mean, and that's what Buffy is pushing up against, right or wrong. She is saying it's not you. But I mean, but he's also right where he's like, no, I did this for 200 years. Like, so what? These mm-hmm. six bodies are not mine. Fine. I won't take those. But I took hundreds of others. So yeah. kill me for that. Kill me for them. Yep. If you don't kill me for these six, that's fine. I mean, I just, I do wonder, again, just not to be a broken record, that the soul thing, like, she seems to, and the show seems to equate in previous episodes that having a soul is equivalent to being human, or, like, a soul is your humanity, so when Spike gets his soul back... He has resumed his humanity or some form of it. And the one of the, you know, black and white lines in Buffy's mm-hmm. world is I don't kill humans. Right. Yeah. And so like a spike, you know, towing the line of humanity where like 
she can't, can't just kill him. I can't kill him. Yeah. Like, and we don't know, and we never see where she ends up against like a human serial killer. What she would do if right. she would actually kill that person, or if she would do something else, or like just like walk away. Like, I don't know what that looks like, and that's almost kind of like what she's facing here with Spike, where it's like, what do I do? He's almost a human now. I don't kill humans. He's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we we could just think about the Warren conversation right at the end of last year. That's basically all that was. It was like, we don't kill humans, and she was actively trying to save Warren, and, mm-hmm. you know, he killed Katrina. Yeah. You know, he killed Tara. Mm-hmm. He shot Buffy, and she was still like, we're not, we can't do this. Like, human traits are really important. And so when she was giving him the, like, um, you're alive because I saw you change, you faced the monster inside and fought, fought back. Like, another thing she respects and likes is, are those bravery, courage, those types of Things and what you were saying about Dawn, like there are so many things that he has done as a person, not just talking about stuff. And maybe that's it. You know, all of his talk, all of his bluster about his life, she kind of discarded that. But then you have all of these actual things that he's done that, you know, that means more to her. And, and and does that equate to the soul? I don't know. As well, you know, we can wrap that all in the soul plus being a human in human traits, you know, because bravery, bravery, courage, that kind of thing would not be something a demon would do, right? Because they're going to be out to murder you. Self-serving. Bad. Yeah, they're just Whatever. demons are yeah. bad. And we can gain kill them. That's fine because we don't care about them. But we wouldn't do that to somebody who is brave and has a soul and is kind or whatever. It could be a big case of like action speak louder than words, just as simple as that. Like you said, like I've seen you do these things. I've heard you talk about all this stuff. I've read in books all the things that you've done. But what I've seen you do is fight by my side. What I've seen you do is go through these trials to get your soul because you you wanted to be a better person. Yeah. Um, I also wonder because he threw it in her face. Uh, a little bit is well not a little bit a lot of it where he's like you want men that'll hurt you blah blah, mm-hmm. blah. so clearly we're talking about Angel again right oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so because so, <laughs> how could you not so I I wonder because I think you brought, bring up a good point about him having the soul it probably matters a lot if you're Buffy the soul almost has to matter too because like I was with Angel, who is a fucking psychopathic, worse than I like. I see one of my own eyes, way worse than Spike. But he got he he got the pass. I loved him, so it has to be okay for me to to trust you because I trusted Angel because he had a soul, even though I knew he was a terrible fucking monster. Because clearly that was the the demarcation, right? Like he is a terrible monster, but he has a soul, so he's not a monster anymore. So therefore, I'm okay to love and trust him because he has a soul, so he is different. I I think that's got to matter here too. Like I'm okay to love and trust you because you have a soul, or believe in you. It's okay to trust you. Because you have a soul. I know you're a monster. You're telling me you're a monster, but I know it's different now because you have a soul. Do you think that plays into it at all? The angel thing? Am I just reading into it? I don't think that the angel thing has anything to do with it. Yeah. Fair enough. I just, he brought it up, so I was wondering if maybe no, she I was mean, thinking about that too. You, I mean, you can't help but draw parallels between the two vampires with souls, with souls <laughs> that both have, you know, relationships with Buffy and, you know, how she reacts to them. Um, I think the thing that's tough about this is like Spike has a soul and he wants to do good and he wanted to do good before he even got a soul. That's why he got a soul, right? He wanted to be a better person to live up to, you know, what he thinks Buffy wants from him. 
and he's not in control of his choices when the first trigger is him. You have this person who's a good person with a soul who wants to support you and help you and that you can trust saying, you need to kill me because you can't trust me except that she can until the first meddles, you know? So, like, in her head, like, the solution isn't kill Spike, it's get rid of the first, Mm -hmm. and then Spike is safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no, no. no. That does. It's all the same thing. Spike's ghosts... The people that you guys saw from beneath us, it's all the same thing. I know what we're up against. The first. Laura! I was just thinking for bonus points for Buffy. Like, if Soul equals good, that means that every choice I ever made with Angel is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Putting my friends at risk, even though he's a vampire, totally fine. He had a soul. It's all good. Nothing could go wrong. She, she also didn't take the bait. I mean, if if, if Spike, because he was, he was doing the Dawn thing. I think he was baiting her with that and obviously the mm-hmm. Angel implications. But she just didn't, she didn't bite. I mean, that's why I like, mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed Buffy this whole round because these are things that I think me. we've been talking about for a long time. And it's like, as an audience, too, you kind of want to, like, draw it out and have this long convo where they do like say all the melodramatic shit but it's nice where she just doesn't take it and just makes fun of him and it's just like oh so now you have, you're mr insightful you know everything mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. that puppy that's always fun and it's like you know but is he right when he's like you know is there a degree of self-hatred and being mad at yourself yeah i mean buffy has talked about that she has had her own story it's like we know that that's true so it's fun because we've seen these two characters and they don't maybe ever say this to one another but we do no information and it makes these scenes even better uh for those reasons so i I did enjoy all of that and she does like the 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 point of her argument is is you know talking about that specifically with you want men who hurt you she's like i'm different i did like i don't hate myself not anymore yeah not in that way not anymore you know i grew i changed and i think she's just saying that and you did too whether or not you think you did you did i saw it i'm different you're different let's Let's team up and fight evil. <laughs> well, in the meta way, I mean, there were two in that conversation, two, you know, hearkening back to, you know, violence is your life. You are death. You know, the first slayer telling her, you know, death is yeah. become you or whatever. You are death, master of death, whatever. So there, there's an element of that. And then obviously it, when Spike says, you know, you've never met the real me, real me, real me. I mean, we're doing season five stuff. I mean, we're still mm-hmm. that is so still thematically resonant. And I think that that's been the best part about watching these la- these later seasons of Buffy is like. We never really left those things behind totally. So we're still talking about who is the real person, who who are these real characters, who are, who are these characters. We're still exploring that all these years later. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You think you have insight now because your soul's drenched in blood? You don't know me. You don't even know you. Was that you who killed those people in the cellar? Was that you who waited for those girls? There's no one else. That's not true listen to me you're not alive because of hate or pain you're alive because i saw you change i do have a question about our principal robin Hmm. wood what's up with that guy what's he doing why'd he take that why'd he take jonathan's body what's he doing What's he doing about that? So do you think he's possessed by the first? Like the first is telling him, go to the basement, get Jonathan's body, put it in the shallowest grave of all time near an oil derrick. Uh, it's or, not that shallow. <laughs> it's pretty fucking shallow. It's um, pretty shallow. Or, I can see him. Or is he like, 
I fucking love Sunnydale High School. Nothing will tarnish the reputation of my beautiful school. I gotta get this body out of here. What do you think's going on, Sasha? <laughs> you know, I don't remember what the show explanation is for this. Me either. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it ever gets explained, actually. Yeah, I don't know if it does either. I mean, what we do... What we do know, as having already seen the show, what we do remember is that um, Robin's mom yeah. was a slayer. My mom! And so, I mean, if you find a body on a demonic sigil <laughs> in the basement of a school... I gotta get this out of here. <laughs> ...where Hellmouth is... <laughs> Would you think I should call the police? I mean, fair I mean, enough. You yeah. wouldn't. Is that, I would not. Is that the joke then at the beginning where he's like, I'm not bluffing. I will call the police. And then, of course, it's like, LOL. That is a bluff. It's a double bluff. Because he would never, would call, never the call the police. Because I'm going to dispose of my own bodies. Because this is Sunnydale. We don't have police. We don't have anybody. Something evil is happening here. <laughs> yeah. In case you haven't noticed, the police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. I mean, clearly we were supposed to to feel intrigued and confused. About, oh yeah, you're Robin like, oh, so point. he's a bad oh, guy. Right. Absolutely. I I mean, my note on that was just fun. It is it, masterful what they're doing with him. I am just I I know that he's Nicky Wood's kid. I I remember that part, but I have no fucking clue what he's doing. And they are so subtle about these movements of his because it's like these are places we've been. He has no emotion to seeing Jonathan. Buries him himself. <laughs> he's not even doing it in the middle of nowhere. Like that's a service road. Workers are going to be at that Derek. That is not six feet. He is going to be found. What are we doing? So many questions mm-hmm. on this whole yeah, thing. He, it is notable that when he goes down there and he discovers a body in the basement, not he's not surprised. You'd think yeah. that if he wasn't in on it, he would get down there and be like, holy fuck, oh my God, what am I going to do? And like start pacing and be like, should I call the police? Yeah. And he doesn't do any of that. He's just like, okay. Yeah. My That's gut- why I wondered... Yeah. Oh, I was going to say my gut as like a viewer would be that we just saw the first basically kidnapped Spike. We've seen the minions. This is all happening now. My gut would be that Robin Wood is like actually the first. Like there's like he is actually Mm. like, you know, he's been here the whole time, essentially. But like all this stuff is Mm. happening. But there's something wicked with this guy that we're just I like that. I like that so much more. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just for a second I was like the way that he, I it's tough to know what we're supposed to be thinking because the the cinematographer the director wants us to think that you know the, the writers are wanting us to think that yeah. and how much we're is like really what's happening really you know within the context of show like so are we are his movements actually creepy or is he just like walking minding his own business you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, right. and that's why I like <laughs> like if not for the score in the camera. Mm. Well, I mean, him walking down the hallway is not inherently suspicious, but him finding a dead body and having Mm -hmm. no reaction and then burying it in the desert, Uh that's inherently suspicious. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, I wonder if he, in this moment, is being manipulated by the first, because I, too, don't remember Mm -hmm. what the fuck happens with Jonathan's body. (laughs) I guess we'll just RIP Jonathan. Well, we've learned that people black out, right? So I guess that would be the logical conclusion is, like, when he was walking out to just go home, it was the first that was like, hey, buddy. Can you head down there Come really to the quick? Basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to use it because now things are going well for me. So I, I need somebody to take care of this. Why don't you do that for me, my guy? I mean, that actually yeah. does seem logical. That seems like what's got to have happened. Otherwise, it is but very like, weird that he just does it on his own. 
if you are the first, you have the harbingers. Why wouldn't you just have them bury the body? That's a good point. Or have Andrew take the body with him, right? Because mm-hmm. the end of conversations with dead people, isn't it in that? Yeah, it is in that episode where he actually kills Jonathan. We, we cut away with Jonathan dead on on the mm-hmm. seal. So he could have just been like, Andrew, take the body, bury the body, Andrew. Mm-hmm. But do you think Andrew could possibly lift him up or bury the body? Again, he is so <laughs> incompetent. So incompetent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that at all. But I would trust Robin for sure. We do know that that Robin is visited by the first okay. through Nikki. So, oh, like, cool. clearly the first has got its hooks in Robin at some point. Yeah, that's, that's rad. I like that. Yet, I don't know. Okay, well, we'll see. So, we'll have to keep seeing. We will see. What we'll about Ashanti? Is she one right. of the firsts? She's not. Oh, She's yeah. a demon of her own oh, ilk wow, that also wants to open the seal <laughs> for well, some reason. Do. They all kind of do. <laughs> I mean, you make that set piece. You don't put any real blood, real fake blood on it. You're keeping it around. We're seeing it again. Okay, they we're good. Hard. They, they had to not make it have twice. just put a, a coat of Mod Podge on the foam so to they could have gotten it a little wet. It. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Just like CG blood only. There was a shortage in 20, 2003, so. No corn syrup available. I just no. feel like it has to be way more expensive to do CG blood than to just drip <laughs> some real. I would think. I mean, it looked <laughs> cheap, know. though. I mean, it looked cheap. So It did look yeah. cheap. <laughs> That's the CGI students who haven't yeah. graduated yet. $120 for a this couple gallons of blood. This is my senior project. <laughs> yeah, free intern you CG love blood. This show? Right. You love the show? You want a credit in the show? <laughs> Come on. Man. I think we need to get him some blood. Do you want me to kill Anya? Okay. Uh, a quick round of reasonable or ridiculous before we move on. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm so ready. So ready. Da, 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 da. I got to stop singing the fucking whatever song that is. Not Family Feud. What's the one? That is. I see. I don't even know what song it is. Price is Right. Price is Right. God damn it. Okay. Spay and neuter your pets. Buffy ties a creature. Nope. Buffy ties Spike. A creature with superhuman strength and a raging bloodlust to a regular ass wooden chair. Reasonable or ridiculous? Stacia. Clearly it's ridiculous, especially now that we know there's manacles in the basement. Absolutely, Daniel. Reasonable, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, with the manacles down there, it's hard to justify this. Also, I just want to, as I've said before, stay away from wood if you're a vampire. It's tough. I mean, if you're the first, you got to discourage these types of things. You need to have him be like, please, not wood. If I fall over, <laughs> this goes into my heart. A particle touches me wrong. I just instantly poof. So like a particle touches me need wrong. To, we need this to, is an OSHA violation waiting to happen. Exactly. Okay. Steel, the first steel only. delicate flower. Yes. The idea of a hypochondriac vampire terrified to go into the forest in case a tree limb falls on him is hilarious. It's real, though. That's real life. (laughs) It is. We have seen vampires get kicked into a tree and die. It's true. It's a real thing. A lot of times, actually. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Reasonable Ridiculous. Buffy feeds Spike from a bag of blood like some sort of macabre cow udder instead of getting a cup and a straw. Stacia, (laughs) Reasonable or Ridiculous? Uh, Seems real messy. That bag is going to rip and you're just going to dump pig's blood all over Spike. Although, I mean, maybe he deserves it. And maybe he'd be into it. Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous? <laughs> Go back to your daytime soaps in season three and hang out and do drink Kiss the, the librarian. Drink, mm-hmm. exactly. So we've already done it. Put the weed bix in there. Do it again, exactly. Put him in the bathtub. That seems reasonable as well. I mean, that's a better place to put... I mean, obviously the manacles are nice. I agree. But you could put him somewhere, like, just normal. I don't know. Like, not on a chair. A just wooden chair. A normal place to tie up someone, like the bathtub. Like the bathtub. <laughs> Hog tie. On, pop him in. We're good. <laughs> and and absolutely. But also, if you spill in the bathtub, you're good. The blood will just go down the drain. <laughs> it's true, though. Oh. You're going to spill, and that's going to be bad. 
Oh yeah, that carpet, Dunzo. I guess but you don't have a I think wall they have bigger now, problems so. when it comes to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, reasonable, ridiculous, Buffy, Buffy, fucking hell, Willow uses zero magic to defend herself or others against the bringers, Stacia, <laughs> reasonable, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, technically Willow is on like a detox or a cleanse or something where she's not using magic, but also she's never used magic to protect herself or anyone else when it comes to bad guys, so I would say reasonable. <laughs> and I would agree with you, except for Spider, just a couple episodes, and Selfless. We're not going to talk about that. That was an accident. <laughs> Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous? She had the glory thing where she like she did like push her back. Or yeah, she. Whatever. Oh, she and bag of knives. Never forget. Knives. She did a whole bunch of stuff to glory. Yeah. Remember when she talked about making artificial sunlight and then immediately forgot that idea? <laughs> yeah, Remember when because she that would have been find demons and never did. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that one time she did hold Tara's hand and throw a pot machine against the wall or she whatever. Sure did. In hush. That's she sure did. Could have done that here. She's way more powerful now. You could absolutely move stuff. Uh, she, for so, somebody who's like doing pretty good, I feel like Willow should start to dabble a bit more. Her friends are going to forgive her. It's going to be fine. She's fine. We're good. But magic is a drug. It but is. I'm surprised she doesn't do it as a reaction because in Selfless, again, nigh four episodes ago, she did do it as a reaction to protect herself. That would actually well, be a nice character. The bringers weren't jumping on her like a giant spider. But I feel like that would be your go-to thing. That would have been great though to see her do magic, maybe to like get them away from Dawn or something, and to have her immediately be like, "Oh no, no, no!" And then maybe pick and then up the get thing, attacked, yeah, yeah, and then like start to hit up, you know, whatever, you know. So she's like, yeah. "I can't use magic. I won't do it. I won't allow it." So then yeah. we know, as the audience, like she can and she will, but she won't. She doesn't want to. I don't know if I got a clear answer out of either of you. So is it ridiculous oh, or reasonable yeah. well, that good. she did or did not? Um, well, it's ridiculous, but it's always been ridiculous. But I guess I would say unsurprising. Okay, that's not an option. There's only two options. <laughs> no, Daniel, a- well, you just heard me. <laughs> I- it's ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous, yeah. but unsurprising. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And that is my answer, too. It is ridiculous that she wouldn't do it, <laughs> but it's understandable Wait. why she doesn't Goes want to. Goes with the canon of the show. That's my full answer, and that should be the name of the game show. You'll get nothing out of me, Carpenter. Um, I believe it is time to uh, yell about some things. Yeah? That's what we do now? Yeah. Yelling. Okay. We can. Great. Great. Oh, oh, yeah. Or, you know, I could tell you that we're real podcast, and you can find us everywhere. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We have a website. It's beatmepod.wordpress.com. At Beat Me Pod. That's where you can find us everywhere on the social media ones. Beatmepod.wordpress.com contains notes about our show. Notes like... Uh, I don't know, Daniel, where are you going to put up? Oh, you can put up that 30-second speech uh, Invictus reading. There you go. Could, put that on there. Could. Why not? That's cool. Nice. Uh, but most importantly, possibly, what is on our website is a link to a Spotify playlist where I lovingly put every song that is available on Spotify that it happens in this show by The Vampire Slayer, as well as every song that happens in this show, If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me, all in one little place. And if you can't remember the name of it, you can just go to the website and click on the link. But if you do remember the name of it, you can go to Spotify and just type in the name. What's the name? Beat me hyphen <laughs> one so time sad. playlist for podcast fans season seven. <laughs> yes! It was too sad though, so you'll have to try next week for to get I'm it right. Sorry. <laughs> just I knew it was gonna be wrong. I just wanted to be like beat me buffy hyphen at podcastfans.com. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, what is it? Oh, yeah, in like a fighting game, when you when you kill someone without like, taking a single hit, they call it a perfect. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. That's what you just got. You wow. got it. You got the perfect. Nice. I'm so proud of you. All right, let's say all about some stuff. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say I became one with light and hope. Jonathan. That's Great. a quote from Jonathan. 
I became one from Light and Ho- with Light and Hope. I guess technically it was the first. Stacia, can you say something so I don't have to keep looking at you like that? <laughs> Buffy says that she can't reach Giles at any of his numbers. And I was like, he's in England. One, they don't have phones. And two, how many phone numbers does one librarian need? Three, Miss Horseness is the only one that answers the phone around there. And she's really hard to get a hold of. She's always out in the field. Daniel? Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> was it just me or was the previously on longer than any other previously on in the entire series? It was over two minutes long. <laughs> it was two minutes was and 15. It? Yeah. I mean, I know I know it's after Thanksgiving and we might have that thanks, post-Thanksgiving blues. I mean, I'm sure we're all still <laughs> full from Thanksgiving. But, like, do they not trust us to remember this show? I found that uh, I guess offensive. Not. Yeah, I don't know. No. I found that offensive. <laughs> nice. So... Uh, this is not a fault of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or, I mean, they are contributing to this, what might be a fake situation, but I'm going to pull both of you to find out. Andrew was leaving the butcher shop, and Bu- Willow was entering the, bu- the butcher shop. They run into each other at such a force, such a clip, such a pace, that he throws all of his shit on the ground. This happens in TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Stacia, have you ever run into someone so hard that they threw all of their shit onto the ground? Yeah. What? I feel like I've bumped into people and then you have to like bend down and pick up what one of you was carrying. Really? Yeah. That's actually never happened to me in real life. Dana, has that ever happened to you? I said, and I quote, honestly, just kind of blinked. And when Andrew dropped, dropped the blood, when he, when he knocked into Willow, I was more appalled by his lack of grip than I remembered. It's fucking Willow. Because <laughs> I'm with you, Kelly. What? Hold it. What are we doing? How, how are your, your grip so like, oh. Lost it all. <laughs> I mean, I drop stuff all the time. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, but this happens in TV constantly. I mean, this has happened in this show before. I feel like we're. Oh, I guess Angel just scared Joyce. I always think about that scene with the orange because mm. David Boy and I was like chucks it across the yard by accident mm-hmm. in the scene. Um, but I just like I've I've never run into someone. I run into people. Don't get me wrong. You accidentally run into people. That's not, but like that they just fucking drop everything they're holding. Like, oh no, my spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like, I just so. And it's always incriminating stuff. Always the bloodbath. Always. You know? Always. Always. Yes. That's why you hold on more when it's crime. You hold on tighter. <laughs> when you're Protect crime. The crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Stacia, thank you. I'm sorry for, for you know, thinking that this was total fabrication. <laughs> Clearly, this can happen in real life. True. It's your turn, by the way. Um, I guess this one's more a note about my notes, but I wrote, and I, I generally I'm too lazy to write the full name of the characters, so I just write their first initial because they're all different. Um, and I wrote Andrew pretending to be S hyphen Ugg, and I thought when I reread my notes, I meant Andrew pretending to be straight, and then I realized I meant Spike because he's wearing the leather jacket, but I think it works either way. <laughs> that's a twofer, as they say in the business. That's a twofer. As they say. <laughs> Daniel. My question is, uh, is Babe Pig in the City underrated or overrated? Was it underrated or over? What if she squeals? I better go for a throat first. <laughs> babe 2 Pig in the City was really underrated. Don't think about Babe. Right. Yes, underrated. So they said that. And so I was like, is it underrated? So when it first came out, it was pretty panned by most people. Um in Empire Magazine, they said, where Babe brought deep-rooted joy, the sequel brings fidgety depression. Um, oh. Yeah. And uh, the New York Times, they, they said, basically, if if this was a, if this was the first movie, because it is kind of like a sequel slash, like it kind of delves into the prequel, sequel, and epilogue, because it's the last one. Um, they were like, it'll never have a, 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 its own movie after that if it was the first movie. But did you know that Gene Siskel 
named it his favorite movie of 1998. Like over oh, Saving wow. Private Ryan, all the movies <laughs> that are on there. He blew me away. And Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars. And it's apparently become a cult movie. Like Tom Waits loves really? this movie. Yeah. So apparently this is not coming from nowhere. Maybe it's a Paddington 2. That's what That's I mean. That's immediately what I thought. Yeah. So, so I don't I, remember it. I, Absolutely love the original, but yeah, I've only seen the sequel like one time. Me too. If, I think if I have, yeah. but I mm-hmm. I remember as, assuming it was going to be terrible. I think you know because of the, the probably this yeah. and my ten year old very cultured mind was just like, oh god, the 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 hubbub on the streets about big <laughs> big in the city. Yeah, <laughs> sequel is not to Please. be watched. No. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I, I I remember not hating it when I watched it, whenever it was. I don't know if I if, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. No. It was on a TV like on TV after you know after it come out. But I, I don't remember hating it. it. I I my one note that I immediately comes to mind is way more British. Oh. I think the city that he is lost in is London, which did immediately made me think of Paddington too. Oh, so I think that it there's I think it's probably fine. It's probably fine. So I guess I think we need to watch it. We need to I'm so happy for this put this conclusion. on the list. Put it on your watch list, Kelly. When I get out there, we'll watch Babe Pig in the City. Boom. Pig in the City. Absolutely. We okay. need to know. All right. We fucking do, clearly. I was hoping you were gonna be like, so I watched the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish. That's a commitment to this podcast. <laughs> I wish, yeah. Oh, I don't know if this is new lore or not. Um, the whole he must be in withdrawals, he's been drinking human blood. Mm-hmm. I, we've never really done that so i don't know did you think that was kind of weird i don't really know why you would go through withdrawals yeah didn't angel survive on this forever like i just what are we talking yeah. about you, maybe you could like lure it like he i think because he did say before that he was so into human blood so he's like being weird so maybe it's just the come down mm-hmm. from human to animal blood i don't know Still I mean, done. I could see it, like, like without the show explicitly saying it, which I wish they, I'd prefer that they did get into a little bit more. Yeah, but it's fine. Like, I could see, like, clearly, human blood is going to be the tops, right? Mm-hmm. I just like to say, moving on, that the alley scene was embarrassing for everyone involved. Oh, you mean the Willow and Andrew let's bluff each other? At, yeah, at, like we're both bad guys. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, horrible. I hated every second of it. I was uh, expecting her to react kind of a little bit more than she did, which was not at all. Um, which is fine, but I. I giving this scene the benefit of the doubt, being charitable as I can, it did harken back to for me, uh, double gangland immediately when she's she's pretending to be Vamp Willow mm. to get back into the bronze, where she's like, uh, I'm whatever the evil. Look at my outfit. Like it, it gave me those vibes. But then she took it too far, where like she was drinking her own Kool Aid and then it made it bad again, right? Like if we're we're trying to be cute early seasons Willow, who's like I'm tough and I'm bad, and and but we know it's like a putting on airs to, to scare Andrew, that's one thing. But then when she's like, I actually am a badass, and you know she's kind of believing it a little bit, I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. Anyway. I just want to know the logistics of like going back to pick up that bag and then like walk him home. That's got to be weird. <laughs> yeah, because they did clearly, they clearly they got the bag, yeah. right? Because they got the blood. Bizarre. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I hope they both go arm in arm back into the, the, uh, the whole butcher way. shop and they're like, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Daniel. Oh, it was my sorry. turn. Um, Don's room update. Um, we got to do a little bit of Don's room like last season, but now we have new, some new stuff. I only did the destruction of the room, but she's got a game of Yahtzee. We love to see that. Uh, Xander, nice. I'm showing you guys a picture right now of uh, 
uh, Anya's about to punch uh, Andrew, and Xander also got punched himself, so he's sitting over there. Um, behind Xander, <laughs> there is a picture of a dog in a frame, um, and I was like, was that like something left by the monks? But there is no dog, because <laughs> there is like just the dog in a frame. Well, like on the desk? Yeah, no, it's just like a framed picture of just a dog. Like you would just take a picture of your dog oh. and put it in a frame. And it would just be your dog dog looking at you. I know. Whose dog? We don't never know. (laughs) Um, She has a Razorbacks pennant, which makes sense. Although she is a freshman, right? In school. So like, when did she get a pennant? Do they gift pennants in this place? I don't know. But then they also have one that's called like a let's go rockets, a rockets pennant. And I want to say that Uh we looked at that before. Like, I think that there is right because there is a connection between like, yeah, the the aerospace industry is out there. So I think we have looked that up before. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Next to Xander is a painting of Yellowstone National Park. So it's very nice. You see some guys. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. So you got some geysers going off there. Um, And then, infamously, we have to go back to episode 5.5, No Place Like Home, for Dawn's infamous All I Need to Know About (laughs) Life I Learned from My Dog Poster. Now, before- They were standing in the way, so we could not complete the dog poster. But I can tell you today that we can complete it, and we will complete it. For yes! Posterity. Resolution! So all I need to know about life, I learned from my dog. If you stare at someone long enough, eventually you will get what you want. Be direct with people. <laughs> Let them know exactly how you feel by piddling on their shoes. When it comes to having sex, if at first you don't succeed, beg. Be aware of oh, when no. to hold your tongue and when to use it. No. Leave a room in your schedule for a good nap. See, some of these are very twee and some of them are very sexual. Um, always <laughs> give people a friendly greeting. A cold nose in the crotch is effective. And then this is where we couldn't read after this. So we got to last time in 5.5. When you do something wrong, take a, and we didn't know, but it is take hmm. responsibility as soon as you've dragged out from under your bed, which I don't really understand that one. Um, if it's not wet and sloppy, it's not a real kiss. And then finally, when you go out into the world, remember to always take time to smell the roses and the grass and the trees and the rocks. And I think the last <laughs> one is the hydrangeas, but I can't really nice. tell. I always makes me think of this shirt. I'm sure I already told this even on this podcast. I got this shirt when we went to the Bahamas one time that was the alphabet, but it was spelled out in lizards. Okay, so lizards making shape to spell the alphabet. What I did not know as a child, but what my parents must have known is that it was lizards having sex, oh. making the shapes of the letters oh. in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I wear that shirt all the time. That's <laughs> iconic. <laughs> the last part of, so. of Dawn's room is there's a photo with a question mark in a frame and underneath are Excellent. two people that are unknown and are not <laughs> are not Buffy or anybody. And I'm assuming it's just somebody on production and it's it's probably very cute. Or it's a stock oh, photo, absolutely. which is funny, but it's not them. So And they did an I, okay my favorite job part- otherwise. Like I mean, out in the hallway they actually tried to put up photos. Like it looked they did a good job. Like that's Strachtenberg, that's oh, probably yeah. her. But, and that's the actress that played little Buffy in um, there you go. in uh, Way to the World. So they did that um, one, but they didn't so. care about the dog that doesn't exist and whoever the person is, yeah. The 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 crew photo, I like that someone got cut out of that photo because you can see the arm mm-hmm. of a third yeah. person in it, yeah. <laughs> but then they're gone forever, lost to time. That's sad. Uh, we're supposed to, to believe part of the lore of the show is that Don has friends. And, and it might be them. We can't confirm that it is not them. Well, and, so. and teen, teenage girls, right? They would, they would, they'd be cutting out their friends. Well, we saw Cordelia. Yeah, cutting out her friends. Right, right, right. Lore. Never forget. Lore. 
Well, that goes into a burn book, and you write, do not trust this fugly slut. Yeah. She's a Grotsky bitch. And that's what Dawn um, would do, too. I mean, that's she kind of already <laughs> sort of has done that shit. Do you think Michelle Trachtenberg is bitter she didn't get casted for that movie? Because she would have been like, I mean, right age, 2004, we're right there. 2003, this is when she would have been casted. I think it would have been terrible for her to be in that movie. Yeah. We didn't need her. We didn't need her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tractorberg. We didn't need it. We did not need you. Uh, thank you for your excellent work, as always. Your screen-grabbing oh, sure. master. Thanks. Um, I just have to shout out that I do love, even though you have a shot of clearly not Tom Blank uh, oh, getting yes. torn through through the wall, I absolutely love that moment. Did you think it was Sheets or you thought it was cool? I thought it was a so cool mm. spike grabbing him like that. No, I thought it was cool too. I put that in my notes. It's an homage to, I think, Halloween 2. It's Halloween 1 or 2. At some point, Michael Myers does burst through a fucking wall and grab somebody. And it's like, that shit's badass. And you don't expect it. And it's fucking rad that we're establishing that Spike, if he wants to, can break through a goddamn wall to rip a person through. <laughs> pretty fucking, <laughs> very pretty cool. fucking cool. Kill me. What? Buffy. You have to kill me. I don't really have anything. We've talked about most of the rest of my notes, but I do wonder, how are they still doing this at the school? If Principal Wood isn't evil, why is he still letting the Harbingers and the Furs and Spike come and continue to use the sigil for evil? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He d I guess he doesn't know, right? He's either evil and he knows, and therefore it's Kosh, or he just doesn't know. He just left a demonic symbol just out in the open. No, but it's this thing with Spike where if he, if his mind is being blanked, right, he doesn't remember. Oh, yeah. So in theory, he probably looks at that on a normal day and is like, no access to the basement. Okay, I don't need to go down there. I'm a principal. I'm just going to do my job. <laughs> right, that's for the grounds people to go and do. That's for other people. Why would the principal go down and hang out there? Right, he only went there because the first was like, hey, go here, follow me. Yeah. Or Nikki Woods is the one doing yeah. it, right? It's like... Hey, I'm here. Follow me. And then he just yeah, comes back to school the next day. He's like, I don't even remember. Hmm. That's got to be it. Yeah, maybe that's that's a good point toward he is being controlled by the first. Because otherwise, it can only be those two explanations. He's either being controlled yeah. by the first or he's like weirdly beholden to the idea of protecting Sunnydale's high, high school's reputation. Like, I'm not going to talk about the crazy seal in the basement. Uh, I'm, but I'm not going to talk about the body that I buried. I mean, Principal Flutie got to die. We got to see him delve <laughs> into the die. dip side. Or dark side, <laughs> the dip side. We got to see him dip into the dark side. <laughs> um, I'm the dip. The dip side. The dip side. <laughs> well, he is a dip. Uh, Was. R.I.P. Gosh, no respect for the dip. <laughs> no respect for the dip. Um, no, but he, he, he was bad. He, like, aligned with bad. But we don't know about him yet. Because you're, you're right. They, he could be putting everybody in danger on purpose. But if he is a good principal, then he would absolutely be like, we cannot have classes over this sigil. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Or we should have seen another scene with him being at the, in the basement covering up the, the the seal with his little shovel. Dun, dun, yeah, that's dun, true. Dun, that's, just covering up. That's true. Just but then we got to end with Spike and the with Spike. Goblin, yeah, so. good number. Uh, I've got I've got nothing else. Yeah, Daniel, it's your, your turn. Well, I was going to say the uh, absolute hilarious exchange uh, where Xander said, she's killed more men than smallpox. And Andrew's is like, doesn't smallpox still does smallpox still kill people? Yeah, she's killed a lot of men, and uh, <laughs> I just thought that very funny. I mean, smallpox is the only human disease ever eradicated in history. Uh, the Rinder Pest is the only other disease eradicated. That's usually called cattle plague that affected uh, cows, oh. um, and that was eradicated officially, you know, 
seal of eradication uh, in, in 2011. Um, smallpox was officially eradicated. The last natural case was 1977. The last person to die was a medical photographer. And it's still unclear exactly how she came into contact with the substance. But she died at the University of Birmingham School where they were just keeping it. You know, in storage. And apparently, well, no, this is not apparently. It's for sure. The United States, Russia still have stockpiles of smallpox for whatever reason. And the WHO is like, you should probably destroy those. And they just put out calls yeah. year after year, 86, 93, 99. They're like, hey, you guys should just destroy them. And they're like, no, we won't destroy them. And they never did. Um, and it's estimated that smallpox in the 20th century alone up to 1978 killed between 300 and 500 million people. In just the 20th century. So it is, is by wow. far one of the most notorious diseases of all time. And the fact that no one has it today is just something that is unfathomable. It's a good thing to compare Anya to, but Andrew is right. Nobody really dies from smallpox anymore. And then the final one would be uh, Trigger. Trigger the horse. Um, that is a real horse. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Nope. The, the what's his name? Jordan Peele movie? Nope. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. We watched that, yeah. So Trigger, the they actually reference mm-hmm. Trigger. Uh, it's one of uh, Jupe, uh, the guy from The Walking Dead. He um, he mentions Trigger as an uh, animal that they are training. Um, but, yeah, uh, he was a Palomino horse in a bunch of Westerns. He was Roy Rogers' star. I mean, they're actually on the Walk of Fame uh, together. Um, he was born a uh, little firecracker, born on the 4th of July, 1934. <laughs> and he died on July 3rd, 1965. He was one day away from 31 years old. And died like a chump one day outside of Independence Day. Come on, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Trigger Trigger the Horse. The only other Damn. thing that I have is, I talking about the hole, I forgot I wrote this down, but did you guys find it weird that Anya and Xander went around and walked in the door to see if Andrew was okay instead of going through the hole in the wall? <laughs> and, I guess I didn't And my that. only, my question, I guess this is for you, Kelly, is... When they film these scenes, I mean, I assume there is a set. I mean, obviously, this part was a set right here where they destroy a wall. But are they actually filming in a house location or is this the whole thing a set? Because if they are in a house, I understand why they filmed it. Because they did. They made a point of not having themselves on the wall at all. They just had the debris there. Mm -hmm. Because I can only assume that if it's a real place, they're not going to tear down the wall, obviously. But they're going to recreate this house in a set to break the wall. Yeah, so it, it is a set. Mm. Uh, the exterior of Buffy's house, 1630 Ravello Drive, mm-hmm. is, is real. Okay. It, it's a real house. But but yeah, this is all on a soundstage. Both floors are... are so they might have just filmed it on stage. different days. Like they might have already re- resurrected the wall for another scene. And so they had to just pretend that the wall was broken. Because that's the only thing I can assume. It just makes no sense that they wouldn't walk through the wall. It, they just literally walk around. But they don't show the wall. <laughs> they don't show the wall, though. That's the only like That's my only evidence for this, is they don't show the wall. After it's been destroyed, like he pulls him through. The read that I like is that it's an idiosyncratic, like that's probably not the right use of that word. Where a force of habit, your brain it's just, just like a force up. of habit where you're like, I gotta go to that room, so I go through the door and I go through the door, as opposed to being like, there's a big fucking hole, I can just go through the yeah, hole. I feel that's like the show would laugh at that because you could almost have a an empty wall. Like they could have just walked in and then they go around the door and that would be funny. We could have highlighted. Why did you not walk? Right, around? we could have. We could have on your stop and be like, "Why didn't we just go through the whatever?" Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So it is a set, totally. Yeah. So it might have just been filmed yeah, yeah, on absolutely. a different day or whatever. Okay, cool. Just wanted to ask. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, I. I they should have pointed it out, but maybe we're just supposed to find it funny, as you just found it. See, like you've highlighted it for I us. The show fun. failed. Yeah, but you succeded. Well, that's what we do there here at this podcast. And clearly, I did not catch that <laughs> any of the multiple times. Yes. So. 
Okay, no. fair, enough. fair enough. The weasel wants to sing. He just needs a tune. He's primed. I'll be pumping him in no time. He'll give us information soon. Okay. Uh, I believe it is time for us to be updated on some watches. Very, very important watches. This, this is the chronicling of our podcast. Please. This is. Xander construction outfit watch. No, we don't. We do see him, importantly, measuring tape in his hand, uh, saying, I've got to put this house back together. He also gives lectures okay. on proper tool maintenance. So we know he's that he's... Tool talk. Uh, yeah, tool talk. And Andrew calls him a carpenter, which was genuinely hilarious, and I laughed very loud. That was great. Um, my heart went out to him when... What are their names? The the deliverers go through the window? Oh, the bringers. The bringers, yeah. yeah. Uh, when they smash through the window, I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. sucks. Super sucks. So I, I feel like that's going to be I a constant say, meme this season. <laughs> he's just going to keep preparing. I have a short, a small quibble. Maybe, mm. Stacia, I don't know if you can back me up on this. While he's not wearing a particular outfit, and in the last episode, he did, did don a hard hat to go to a board or an office, <laughs> office meeting. Mm. Um, and that is, you know, that is the outfit, is the hard hat. Mm-hmm. I will say that he, by dint of being dressed to get dirty and holding tools, is kind of wearing a construction uh, outfit. Wow. Wow. Maybe more wow. so than the last episode. I don't know. I think we could count it. I think there's a line. I, th- I don't know. I have it. to see the clothes. But I didn't <laughs> clock yeah, him as wearing a construction outfit, so I don't think you can. I will tell you the outfit he is wearing is an orange open button-down shirt. Classic oh, that, Xander. No. Da- Xander, there you no. go. But his pants were a tan khaki color, if you will. Shoes, the exact same color as if his pants and shoes were one unit he became lower torso man there was no there he's got a poo bottom <laughs> there it is Way right there. The poo bottom same same color you can't even tell he's wearing shoes you can't even see him yeah oh, wow. you can't even see him that's because they're that's one not unit. a construction outfit they are i'm sorry one unit. <laughs> i stand by my no okay. not a construction outfit watch. that's fine that's fine um but i did say sadly if we were on the lookout for xander military man which could have absolutely been a watch uh, this would have we would have won. We would have got one. Um, the download mm, on triggers and I sleeping with agents that. very good. So I quibble with that because I also was going to be like, "Wow, we're still hearkening back to Halloween episode." Well, they explicitly it's, said it's not. It's I know, not. I know. He explicitly said I, it's not because I know, of that. I know, but but it would have been good enough. It would have been good. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> that you would have counted. All right. You know what? This whole fucking thing Absolutely. is a sham. This is no because you no counted for Drew Goddard. You because he knows what he's fucking doing. So um, also they called it fair. going to military school. You would say, did you get that from Halloween? Like the fact that she was like, when you were in the military or whatever she said. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, Lies. That's stupid. He never, are, that never happened. Yeah. So he, that was a flubbed everything. Maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert. And I said, no. This category feels like a red herring. It seems like they did this one time and then nothing ever happened again. So, I know. Where's the belt, man? And yeah, she wore like three different pairs of pants, and they're all normal belt loops with no belts. So Dawn's piercing screams. It is subtle, and I had to go back to confirm, but it is there. She does give a scream when there the bringers come. When they're getting attacked. Very subtle. Yep. She has hardly been in the show the last couple of episodes. Chips <laughs> Ahoy. Uh, Buffy straight up ass when his chip stopped working. So, yes, very explicit. The littlest bad. Do we even fight vampires anymore? Yes. Now, we do focus on Spike. A vampire, so you can't deny that. But then when Buffy, as the first, says, do you want to see what a real vampire looks like? I say, we haven't been dealing with vampires this entire time. So, in fact, we've never dealt with a single vampire on the show. (laughs) And, in fact, we've never dealt. Yeah, so there you go. Confirmed. This show is not a vampire show. 
I was going to go the opposite way and say the Turok Khan does not count because the Turok Khan is in a league of its own. The Uber Vamps are of another class. And we, we say vampire colloquially on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we mean the bastard human watered down vampire. That is what we mean, vampire. Well, that that one looks like so, a goblin to me. So until I learn more, yeah. he's just a goblin. Uh, Buffy has a personality. <laughs> yes, she does for sure. Um Messy tool maintenance is my first one. So either Xander is complaining about Buffy and Joyce's organization of their tools, or he's lecturing himself on his own mismanagement of his tools. Because if he brought his own, he's bitching about it. Why is he? Why? So it must be about them. So they have messy tool maintenance. She she continues to maintain her ignorance on guns and gun culture, which is nice to see. And (laughs) I have to say, this is a trope that I hate in movies since we were talking about the one earlier. Um I, you could you could argue that she has a nursing instinct um, if you count her going down to dab an enormous washcloth with one tiny piece of water to wipe the blood off of Spike's <laughs> mouth from when he tried to uh, kill Andrew. Um, and I love that we got he's Tucker's brother out of that. That was worth it in the end for me. But I hate it when movies do that. It's just dip, dip. And then like, no, just put the fuck bowl there. Let them do it. Especially a prisoner. What are we doing? <laughs> so anyways, uh, she has a nursing instinct, so we think. Dauphin watch. Personality. No. No, he yeah. should show up, but he isn't. Uh, most valuable weapon, Sunnydale and cell phones. I said, no, I feel like it's bad protocol to have your diarrhea announced to your boss via your two-year-old sister <laughs> instead of picking up a cell phone and dialing it in. <laughs> But that's just me. <laughs> True. That's an accurate statement. <laughs> also, I have to admit, I, I I always like think about, you know, with words and stuff, you're always asked like, what's a word you can't spell? I'll tell you what, diarrhea. I do not diarrhea. know how to spell. Diarrhea, impossible. Not only that, but I couldn't get spell check to get it close. I tried it 15 <laughs> different ways. And I'm just like, how? That's always the biggest it? self-burn. You're like, hey, I have no idea. I had to fucking Google it. I created it. a word. I had to Google it. It was awful. That's when you know you've lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fucking weird word. Um, <laughs> how many are? 16? I don't know. That sounds right. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Uh, Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. I said sort of. Andrew was gearing up to do something. We learned later that it was like to be sacrificed. But to me it was he was wearing all black he was and you know the, he had the, Willow got the free blood that was really the best part about it she she went there to pay and she just got free blood so that worked out well for her <laughs> True. Um, there's too many damn kids in the summer's house I said for next week's sake right when I think all the people are showing up I'm going to say no because that's what we're going for. But yeah, we're definitely here. Andrew pushed it over. You know, I said last week Spike was like, We got two more. I mean, we're and there. Spike's now. Yeah, yeah. And all of the bringers showing up. There's a dead body in the living room. Like, there's too many fucking people here for sure. <laughs> but technically, no. Because, you know. Uh, by the way, is Willow okay? And I said yes. I, I said that she is actually doing really great. Um, she's delighted to have an excuse to leave, although she could leave at any time. Uh, I'm sure this is not her first time getting animal blood either. So she's probably cool and knows the butcher and we're good. Um, she even asked Buffy if she's okay. So it's nice to see friends being friends. We talked about that a lot yeah. over the whole series. Um, and then talk about, you know, well, this is the trigger the horse joke, but talk about triggering. Uh, she handled it well with Tara, handled it well. With, I know. Uh, all of that. Didn't fall apart. Yeah. So uh, and joking about her own power to exterminate all life on earth is that's progress to me. So she she did great. <laughs> Growth. Yeah. Books a million. No, we we only talked about research. You know, let's look into stuff. And then obviously all hell broke loose. So I don't think we saw a book in this entire episode. Streets Ahead. Yes. In Sunnydale, we have Prime Choice, which is our um, 
you know meat store. So that's where you go to get your oh the butcher the butcher. Um, didn't we do the a butcher before? Didn't Buffy get blood for Angel at some point? And it was like an industrial setting by the docks. So they've definitely oh, moved yeah. into the commercial district that sprung up at Sunnydale because now where'd the club go? Is this on the same place? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, in England, we also have the council headquarters. We've never seen that, right? Have we ever done that before? No. Yeah, yeah, okay. so definitely not. First and last. And finally, Giles' biggest KO. Philosophers muse, to KO is to cease to be alive. Theologians call it the supreme KO. Surveyors call it the furthermost KO. Doctors call it acute KO. Diana Ross calls it the supreme KO. Cat Power calls it the greatest KO. But we simply call it Giles' biggest KO. He is presumed dead. It doesn't get much worse, except being dead. So, yes, this is this is about as big as you can get. Nobody can find Giles. <laughs> Bravo. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Giles. <laughs> See you later, buddy. Last we saw is <laughs> no, I would love, I would love it if he actually survived that, and he was actually about to run into the council room with big information. He just, he died in the blast, and then to be blown, blown up immediately. <laughs> I would Iconic. I believe the subtext here is rapidly becoming a text. What's most important is that we rank the sucker. It is time for doing that. Willow hacks. We talk about the nut slash something wicca. This way comes nothing. As we discussed, no tech, no magic, no, just some awful bad guy, fake bluffing. Five. Dawn needs an adult. Dawn takes an opportunity to paint a vivid picture about Buffy barfing and shitting her brains out to a potential love interest, which I can't say is exactly mature, but it is excellent. And more importantly, she holds her own against the bringers, man. She actually, like, does that cool, like, kicks one and she rolls on the ground. She does a great job. Her only mistake was hesitating for the kill shot, right? Like, she was about to bring down the axe and then hesitated and the guy fucking popped Thank up. Thank God for Xander. I know. Thank God Xander was there. Oh, don't we say that always. Thank God for Xander. Uh, so I gave her a seven because she really, like, took... Those lessons from lessons, she's been nice, working on it. Nice. She's been training somewhere off screen. She's been doing yep. it because she's not on the show anymore. Uh, Monster <laughs> of the Week, I guess the bringers mm. because they're kind of the only really bad guys in the episode. And they're pretty creepy with the whole, you know, scratched yeah. out eyes thing. Yeah. Uh, no fatalities. But as you pointed out, they do completely fuck up Buffy's house, which does feel like a KO to Xander. So in a way. We did kill Xander a little ah, bit, no. so I gave them a five. No, <laughs> they didn't have to come through the window. Let's just be honest, but they did. And not only that, and then Spike ripped out the entire fucking wall upstairs. Like Xander has a lot of new work ahead of him that he's not going to paid for. He will not get paid for. <laughs> no, he will not. <laughs> <laughs> that is volunteer work. So KO to Xander. Uh, power. No one woman should have all that power. The power of faith. Buffy believes in Spike. For better or worse, she truly believes in him, that he's a changed person, a vampire, or whatever. She has faith that Spike has something to offer the world. And that faith is the reason that she keeps him alive, that he still gets to not breathe another day. Good for him. I give that a 10. Because, goddamn, that saves Spike's life. That keeps saving Spike's unlife. Wow. The power of faith. Relationship gooders and badness. Despite the Spike murdering and the big bad looming, I think everyone is in the best relationship place they may have been in a while. Because, as you pointed out, too, like, Buffy and Spike clearly have something approaching trust, right? Willow checks in on Buffy. When's the last time we checked in on our friends? Uh, Xander and Anya are co-interrogating, getting along, making jokes. And we can finally begin our friendship with Andrew now that we have kidnapped him. Bizarre. I mean, friends all around. 
relationship, great. Eight. Well. And episode specific, because it has to be said again, as you, Stacia, aptly pointed out. I am Willow. I am death. Two out of ten. I hated that whole interaction. It was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there scenes in the alley always terrible? <laughs> it just made me think about that glory and Ben. Screaming and running around in the alley. Oh, oh my, my god, god. That was so bad. Back and yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dawn and like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. That was bad. Uh, that's a total of 37 for the episode. Seven out of nine for the season. Above, beneath you, and below help. Because again, I can't help but feel like nothing happened. It just doesn't stick with you. This is not an episode you're ever going to fucking remember. I don't think so. That's what really happened? Yeah. I don't know. Can't, can't convert. Stacia, where did you rank this episode? I put this at 53 out of 131. That's so much higher than I would think. Yeah, I didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's below Superstar and Triangle and above Spiral and Buffy versus Dracula. You know that hurts me to my core. I know. Uh, where? So this is right around. Dark Ages yep. 61. 61. Okay. Dark Ages. Now you're making me question. Maybe I should put it lower. Hey, look, you already made your choice. That's I did. Fine. Whatever. Because you didn't know what else to do. I get it. That's fine. You won't regret it. It's going to be fine. This is already so messed up. <laughs> okay, 51. What's what's the... the uh, s- s- What's... Plot? Yeah, but the tiny... The, the tiniest plot. There you go. Maybe that's what I was looking for. Because you already did the real plot. Give me the tiny plot. Uh, Buffy t- ties Spike to a chair. Not sexy. <laughs> Will kidnaps Andrew. Uh, the first vamp naps Spike and summons an uber vamp. Yeah, I don't usually write lies in my plot summaries because then I wouldn't remember what happened in the episode. Fair enough. Fair enough. Great job. Okay, Daniel, where did you rank this? Um, yeah, so this one was tough for me. I enjoyed watching it a lot. I enjoyed talking about it a lot. I knew that this would be one that would be enjoyable. But, you know, there again, there's a lot of, like, problems. But I think the problems are <laughs> forgivable because, it, I mean, what we're complaining about, a lot of it is I just like hanging out with my friends. So on some level, if the episodes that are going to be filler in a 22-episode season, as long as they're good, and I thought this one was like definitely good enough. It didn't dive into the shit enough. And it actually, by destroying the council, which was hilarious, that was great. So like they did a lot of stuff that I, they could have just used that as a springboard for worse stuff to go for the rest of the season. But the fact that they commented on it and killed it, that was hilarious. There were so many good, funny <laughs> moments here that even the CGI blood, the fact that the seal opened and then the next time we see that goblin outside of it, the seal is closed up again. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense. Those those elements of the episode are really janky, but I don't I don't want to ding the show too much for that. So I'm going to put this at a pretty middling place, the same as, as Stacia. I'm going to put it at 58. Now, I only have so many places to put it left. And outside of, I think, 68, then it goes down to the 90s. And I just don't think that this is that bad. Last week was a terrible episode. And this one had way more charm, way more laughs. I enjoy this so much better. Yeah. Um, so 58 for me, um, two above it, uh, Lover's Walk is is number 57. Number 56 is Who Are You? Uh, and 56 is uh, This Year's Girl. So those two were com- oh, right, combined because they're this, a single mm-hmm. single episode. And then underneath um, is it fucking Amends. Amends is 59 and Help is 60. <laughs> it still seems high. I don't know. Putting this in the upper third seems high, but also where else are you going to put it? I mean, you both make great points. I just where feel like there's going to be worse. It? It's not the worst. There's going to be worse. It was funny. It wasn't was fun to watch. It's just mm-hmm. like when you look back on it, you're like, huh. I feel bad again about dunking on Jane because it's like, 
Jesus Christ, Drew Goddard just outwrote you without doing a lot of work. I got to say, he's a reference king because the dude has watched the whole show and really loves it. But like, he didn't have to go so hard. He just needed Andrew in the episode and he still had one you. bad one bad day. But she was also writing with someone else. Yeah. I mean, that's also uh, there's not been a mm. Jane, a single right. episode that's been bad. Right. I mean, don't let it's David. Let's blame David. Well, and I don't want to blame David. <laughs> Absolutely. Either, but, you know, don't write combined episodes. You don't. I mean, I know why they do it, but it's just, it's, it, it, but it was just such a slog. Like, it just, it was so unenjoyable to watch. This one at least was enjoyable, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, great job. I think you both make excellent points. I think this was a wonderful episode. I, For an episode that I'm like, there's nothing going on. We sure had a lot to talk about, and I'm glad that we did. But that uh, the time is over now, unless Stacia, you have anything else to say about Never Leave Me. I don't understand why you call them the bringers because in the show they call them the harbingers and binger is not. Yeah, no. So they call them both for some reason. Buffy calls them the bringers or so. It's like they are both called the bringers and the harbingers. I don't know why. Maybe Caleb calls them the bringers at some point, but they are called both. Saying both is correct. They should be called the bingers. You can call them the Bingers from this moment. I will. The Bingers. I mean, maybe. Hey, you know what? That's the best amalgam, right? The Harbingers, the Bringers, the Bingers. They're the Bingers. Daniel, anything else to say about this episode? No, no. I didn't know what they were called either, but. <laughs> yeah, the Harbingers is what, like. I was just calling them the Creepers when I was doing the plot, and then halfway through the episode, I realized they actually have a name. Yeah. I will I'm have to. <laughs> look it up. I'm going to have to look up the etymology. Of the uh, look up, you mean Google? Maybe that could be a fun fact for next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're not there yet. So until we get there, Stacia, please say goodbye. Goodbye, Daniel. Have you ever asked yourself why you can't record it after everything we've done? It's not love. Don't rationalize it into some noble podcast. (laughs) Noble podcast, hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for Bring On the Night. Great episode title. We'll see if it's a good episode. Yeah, again. Is it good? I don't know. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. It's not your fault. You're not the one doing this. I already did it. It's already done. Killed more men than smallpox. The smallpox still kill people. She's killed a lot of men. How can you say that? Generally, I just slaughtered half a Sunnydale pet. I'm not really worried about being polite anymore. Her exact words were, I've got stuff coming out of both ends. Thank you. That's very helpful.